You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Well, Ulysses, we are getting closer and closer to spring training getting underway. Pitchers and catchers reporting. Less than a week now. Today is what? February 12th and February 18th is when the Rays officially opened spring training. Oh, my goodness. This is craziness. (laughs) I didn't know we'd even get here with COVID and all. But we are they're going to make this happen, I guess. Fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed. Less than a week, man. It's It's been a long winter, I think, uh, it, it seems like. But a happy one for, for Tampa Bay fandom. So so hopefully 2021 can be as good to Tampa Bay fans as 2020 was. Yes, that would be nice. And we have a couple updates as the Rays are getting ready to open spring training. First off, um, we should let our listeners out there know there will be no like real live in-person fan fest this year. They're going to, I think, consider some type of drive through event. I don't know if they have anything planned virtually with maybe some interviews with Ray's alumni Q and A's and, you know, it'd be cool right. to do some kind of raffle or auction on that front. But I guess they're still trying to work out the details for that. I guess usually fan fest would be, well, it might've been, in a normal year would have been last weekend or, or sometime before yeah. spring training. So TBD on that, quite frankly, if it's just a drive through thing, I'm not going to go. Uh, but if, if they found a way to make it work in person, I'd, I'd probably try to try to sneak my way into the trap. But it, it was last year was so much fun with meeting some listeners yeah. and what they had going on and everything. So it's kind of like, uh, Oh, well, at least it's, it, we're getting closer to spring, spring training. That, that's what's important here, I go. guess, besides fan, fan fest with that. So um, one thing I did see was, okay, there's the, the schedule has, I guess, officially been released on the race front. And some mm-hmm. things kind of popped out to me. Uh, the first is that the Rays home opener on April 9th against the big, bad New York Yankees will be on a Friday at not six, not seven, not seven ten, not six thirty, but three ten PM on a Friday. <laughs> Are they trying to sabotage attendance before the season gets started? What's going on here? Come on. I mean, th- this is um, th- they did the same to race fans on their first playoff appearance since 2013 when on game three at the Trump against the Astros, it was at 1 10 PM on a Monday. Are you serious? Like, (laughs) so it's difficult to understand why the time slot, uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more six 
p.m. starts in 2020, then all those 7 p.m.s. You know what was really nice, Kevin, last year? Those six game, those six, those six p.m. games, and then at 9 p.m. And then you had like a normal like evening that you could like settle to, uh, you know, at 10 p.m. It, it, I'm an old man now. You know, I need my yeah. rest. I need, I need my beauty sleep. I need to function the next day. So, uh, you know, the, the 6 p.m.s were really nice uh, to me and my mental health. Well, that, that's a little bit more understandable for the Rays is the fact that weekday games will start at 710 for them besides the, I guess, some of the Friday games and, and that home opener, of course, because I understand you want to create that avenue where people can get to the ballpark and drive from yeah, Tampa or wherever to St. Petersburg, even though it is only 7,000 fans, but yeah, um, 7,000 fans. This is the time to do it. Remote work is happening, you know, less fans. So, I mean, if, if people are already going to the trop and there are 7,000 people, they're going to make it from 7 PM to 6 PM. So I just think it's a, it's a wasted opportunity for folks like me who want to get some regular sleep. Look, let's be honest. I would love weekday games to be as early as possible because I don't go to a lot of weekday games, especially right. in this environment. I would love, look, the Tampa Bay lightning sometimes have their home games and I don't think they have fans yet back in, but at five 30, like right after work, pop on the TV and you've got the Tampa Bay lightning. I love to see that with the rays. And I loved what they did with the six forty games. And I still think you could be able to do six forty, like an extra half an hour, 45 minutes. I think that would be okay. I see what yeah. they're doing there. Um, so I, I don't have as big of a problem with that as the home opener, where if you want to try to get to that home opener, you basically have to take the day off. Like you're yeah. going to have to leave work at, unless you got a, a different schedule. If you're working, I don't know, from uh, 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. or something like that, and you're able to, <laughs> to swing it there with that or play a little hooky. Um, but another thing that was interesting from the schedule here, too, is that Saturday games will have a slew of different times. So there will be five games at 1.10 p.m., five at 4 p.m. or so, so like 4.05, 4.10, something like that, and three at 6 10 p.m. Because usually traditionally, I believe the Rays have had their Saturday games a little bit later on. Either well, last year, I guess it would have been at 6 40, but previously the normal 7 p.m. night game on Saturday. But this I actually like. I kind of like having these Saturday games a little bit earlier because uh, you know, if I was to go to a Saturday game, it might, you know, a Saturday game at say one or four. I'd be more inclined to check out St. Petersburg, hang around, maybe yeah. go to the, some of the local restaurants, as opposed to the games at, at seven or whatever. I'm leaving. I'm I'm trying to get out of traffic and trying to get home and trying to That's right. get in bed by a decent hour. Whereas here, and you know, let's consider this with the the summer Florida heat and all the the day rain and everything that goes on with that. Well, better to sit in the the, the trop and enjoy a game where you can't really be doing much of anything else. And that's, that's yes. the prime time to watch a ball game and go from there. And also like, look, I love baseball as much as the next guy, but I need a little bit of a buffer between my, my Saturday game and my Sunday game. I, I don't need a game ending on Saturday at 11 PM. And then I've got to start watching the pregame show the next day at 1230. I need a little bit. Give me some more time. <laughs> Let me recover a little bit. Give me yeah. a little, Look, I, I, I got errands to do. I got, I, I got things to run. 
So I, I like it from that end as well, where it's like, okay, there's a game on Saturday at one ten, and there's a game at, at Sunday at one ten. I can manage. I like that. I, I I understand where you're coming from. Also, I've been thinking, you know, if you could yeah, do the beach and then the trop, like if it's a Saturday game at four p.m., that's perfect. Get yeah. everything together. Leave your house at eight a.m. Get to the beach at nine. Spend a few hours at the beach. Boom. Then you go to the trop at 4 p.m. It's, it's, I think it's fantastic. I think they, they could do something like that. But, yeah, I, I don't mind the, the earlier games. You know, 3 p.m. for Friday opener is absurd and ridiculous yeah. in all of its might. But, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, 4 p.m. Saturday games, 1 p.m. Saturday games, 6 p.m. weekday games. I would not be upset with that. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, just to kind of keep track here, the non-AL East opponents – at home for the Rays, at the TROP, as of right now anyway, unless things drastically change, will be the Texas Rangers, the Oakland Athletics, the Houston Astros, the New York Mets, the Kansas City Royals. I have a bet with a buddy on that, by the way. I will be going to that Royals game, one of those Royals games, on uh, somebody else's dime because the Bucks won the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, but that's Hello. not here nor there. Uh, the Nationals, the Angels, the Indians, the White Sox, the Twins, the Marlins, and Phillies. So interesting uh, roundup there of non-AL East foes to be seen at the Trop. I would have loved to see the Padres and Blake Snell come to town, even though yeah, the Padres nice. would probably whip the Rays' butt this year. But, man, <laughs> from the perspective of a lot of news headlines and storylines and, and questions being oh, yeah. asked – by Blake Snell and all. By the way, did you think that... Oh, that was too uh, funny. The, the, the National Roast Day, which is, oh. I guess, a Twitter thing, Wendy's roasting uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. That was the funniest uh, quote, one. We're surprised you didn't pull your social media manager in the middle of writing that great tweet uh, in response to the Rays. Quite frankly, you, you thought that you thought... You, I mean, you got a chuckle out of that. Oh, that was great. I think Wendy's killed it. I mean, they need a, they need to, you know, promote that person who wrote that tweet. Perfect tweet. I, I mean, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was that great. I didn't laugh what? out loud or anything like that. I, I Look, I would have wanted them to really go for the kill and said something along the lines of, oh, you guys have enough in the budget to pay a social media manager? What? Or... <laughs> Surprised you didn't trade your, your social media manager in the middle of writing this tweet. I would have rather seen something. I thought that would have been funnier. I but, think. You know, At least this Wendy's know, guy or lady or whoever seems to be a baseball fan. In some well, th- th- what I'm saying, that's number one. And number two is, hey, it, it was so good that he got a reaction from the guy they were talking about. Blake Snell then actually retweeted it and said, whoa, look at this. You know, uh, So I think that's why yeah. it was great because it got people talking and and all that, and and it's never a, a bad time to you know, you know, cry uh, cry a little bit about Game Six and eleven being eleven outs away from a Game Seven Kevin Crash moment. I mean, it's never too. We're still not hurting about that at all. So better to laugh maybe, about it. Maybe in response to this, maybe this good back and forth between the Rays and Wendy's, all in good, lighthearted fun. Maybe the Wendy's will step up as a corporate sponsor. And, you know, you help, help pay the freight for a new, for, for a new stadium. Uh, Windy Stadium. There you go. I'm Windy's okay with that. ballpark. I'd be cool with it if I'm it gets okay it in downtown Tampa or off Dale Mabry, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's, go, uh, let's go that route with it. I also like how, look, I mean, it was the Rays yesterday got some major publicity. I mean, this was picked up by 
national, international news outlets. Yeah. And that's a good thing at the end of the day, you know, whether you agree or disagree with the, the Kevin Cash decision and all that. But like, I love how, and I know we're going on kind of a diatribe here and in a, in a, in a little bit of a, in a side, but um, like, this is what journalism has become is the fact yes. that like, you're, you're just screenshotting tweets and, and writing an screenshotting comments from, oh. from Rays fans and slapping it on a web page. Like that's what the Tampa Bay times literally did this morning. Crazy. Is, oh, look at this. Look at the reaction from the Wendy's <laughs> Rays the roast. The hard hitting <laughs> journalist. I hope this wins them a Pulitzer, quite frankly. Yeah. Right. Screenshotting yeah. tweets. It's you, you really got to dive deep and, and dig into that one there. Yeah. Anyway, um, the you other know, thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, dive deep because I know where you're coming and I'm, and I'm ready for it. Give me that 92 mile an hour fastball you got. Come on. With, with the with the Wendy's Rays roast, I have nothing else to add to this. Oh, no. The, the you're coming, covered it. Oh, no, no. You're coming up with something now. I'm ready for it. Give me some good news. Oh, okay. What's going on with the signings? Let's go. Speaking of, of diving into things, okay, I'll give the Tampa Bay Times and Mark Topkin credit for this one. He is on the trail with the Rays. Um, look, I, I was leading up to this week. Okay, the Rays have signed like half a dozen minor league pitchers to contracts. And it's a ho hum. Who cares? Brian yes. Moran, Stetson Alley, Lewis Head, Hunter Strickland, Joey Creepel. It's, it's like can't meet, can't meet coming in for spring training. Oh. That's what it is. Although I will say, you know, the Rays have certainly turned their share of no namers, no name relievers yes. into contributors, a la Aaron Slagers, John Curtis, and Ryan Thompson. But it's like, okay. Is Brian Moran going to be the next uh, whoever? Hey, Probably hey, not, but who knows? Don't don't you talk crap about Brian Moran. That's my boy. Out of all of those, that's my boy. I love his story. Love that he struck out his brother. Uh, looks good from the left side. The Rays need left side help on the bullpen. I dig Brian Moran. Everybody else, though, you know where they got it from. Uh, we we made right. up a word here on like locked on race. Yeah, that that's exactly yes. the yeah yeah. Moran might looks like the closest that could become something, but just yes. yesterday we found out that uh, per Mark Topkin, the Rays are very close, and it seems to be like it's going to be a done deal. Colin McHugh mm -hmm. could be part of the club's plan, and that is something that look. I know it's not Corey Kluber, but that's something to be exciting about. And a guy that I think could really be a viable bulk guy, if not a starter, if assuming his elbow issues are behind him. I mean, this is a guy that has had a very, very productive and solid track record of a career. And I know he sat out the 2020 season as part of sort of a, a rehabilitation and everything like that. But this guy brings intrigue in, in my opinion. I mean, he's got like six different pitches and, you talk about, I, I know Chaz Rowe is no longer on the team, but his slider mirrors Chaz Rowe. It is boomerang-esque in how it moves and the spin rate and how that all ties in. Like he's, he's pretty fun to watch for a guy that doesn't throw all that hard. Like I'm kind of, look, I, I, I and with the, as followers of the Rays, you have to be excited sort of about these kind of, kind of signs, but I think McHugh could really be, a solid piece, you know, whether it's trying to replace Beaks or Torino's here. 
Well, I mean, honestly, this is what they've done. Now you can see the clearer picture now with the rotation. They wanted three veteran guys that were not in the older spectrum like Charlie was that were cheap enough to sign Archer, Waka, McHugh. We don't know yet if the McHugh thing is going to happen, but let's say that it does, uh, you know, for how many millions? Probably around the Archer uh, so that's what you need. Guys that have done it in the past. And in the past, people, I don't mean like 2018. These three guys haven't been at their best since like 2014, 2015. Uh, so, so it's been a minute since they've, they've had their career years, but they have done it in the past. Uh, especially innings-wise. Um, McKee was a 180, 200-inning pitcher uh, at, at his peak. So these are types of signings that you can say, okay, if Archer gives me 100 innings, Waka gives me 80, and maybe McKee gives me 80 to 100, that's that's a yeah. pretty good number between those three guys, and then you don't have so much pressure for the young arms. So, uh, yeah, you have to find something to be excited about in, 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 as a Rays fan, and I think this is something to be excited about. Uh, you know, it's, it's a name it's a name that's recognized ar- uh, around baseball. The Rays fans should know this guy. Uh, it's a Houston Trash Throw uh, uh, member, right. so let, let, you know maybe maybe there's something to that uh, that spin rate you were talking about. But you know, let, let, get excited, people! Get excited! It's six days away from spring training. Colin McHugh might sign Waka Archer. You see the possibilities there uh, of a rotation, but you can also see the fact that it is a transition year, and today's rotation is worse than the one in 2020. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but it at least it's kind of a recognizable name that could be brought into the fold. And at the very least, who knows, maybe he imparts some wisdom to these yeah. younger pitchers because this guy, I mean, in his past has thrown like five or six different pitches. I mentioned the exactly. slider, but fastball, two seamer, cutter, yeah. curveball change. He's got a lot of different things. Uh, like I mentioned, the the elite level spin rates doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. He just really mixes and matches so well. And even teams that, you know, they try to stack lefties against him and he still has historically done pretty well against that because guys don't know, am I going to get a cutter or a slider? And they swing and miss at both of them, even from yeah. the left side. So that's something to watch and keep an eye out on. Don't know what the dollar figure is going to be yet. I don't think it would be as high as Chris Archer, but I could see something where it's like three, $4 million if he makes the, the club. I mean, it, it, probably a load of incentives, things like that. But uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And, I, and I'm sure we'll have a, uh, we'll have a kind of a, a final deal there over the weekend with yeah. that. Okay. So again, getting closer and closer to spring training. Woo-hoo. Hope you guys are excited. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> we're excited. Football season's over. I have time on my hands to, to watch a lot of baseball here. So We'll get uh, we'll be getting right back into it, and uh, we'll be going back to five days a week before, well, sooner rather than later. I'll just say that. So, okay, uh, coming up next, it is a Friday, which means we have baseball trivia and name that war. But first, we got to tell you about a couple of our good friends, like BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on L O C K E D O N bet online, your online sports book experts. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are also reliably low too. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. So, Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Okay, Ulysses, baseball trivia time. It is your turn to put me on the hot seat. What do you have? After the 1968 season, Kevin, baseball has expanded four times, a total of four times, and a total of 10 teams. Some have changed their name. Some remain the same. God, I did a Dr. Seuss thing there. Uh, whoops. <laughs> uh, can you name these 10 teams, Kevin? I'll be also very, very, very lenient with you. Uh, if you give me the original name or the president name, it'll count. So, so okay. don't worry about it. And if you give me a team that changed their name uh, or changed franchises, I will also uh, give you a little bit of story there, but you know, I'll be nice. Okay. So can you 10 name expansion teams since 1968? See, this Correct. is the difference between you and I, when I do trivia, I have you answer like three or five, but you're having me answer 10 here, but I will, I will give it a shot. I think you got this. Hopefully, hopefully some of these are rapid fire. Well, let's start with the elephant in the room, the Tampa Bay Rays slash devil Rays. That would count as one. Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, Rockies. Correct. Nationals. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna count it. Yes, that counts. Okay, because um, uh, they get, they moved from the Montreal Expos, and the Montreal Expos was then they were a new team in 1969. Okay, so I can't say Expos. But that's just Expos yeah. slash Nationals. There. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, the Florida Marlins. Correct. Okay, now running into some muddy waters here. Got four expansion teams. I got to think about teams that haven't won a ring either because I feel like some of these expansion teams haven't done that. Okay. Um, man, would the Blue Jays have been around since 1968? I'm going to say the Blue Jays. Correct. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. They were new okay. in 1977. Okay. Now, Houston, be sure. Go ahead. Before you keep going, be mindful of that these expansion teams are never just won by themselves. So if you are going by the years, notice if you are missing one other expansion team from that same year. Okay? Okay. I understand that, but I don't remember which years these teams necessarily became expansion teams. So... 
I'll see what I can do with that. Um, I'll say Houston Astros. Not quite. Strike one. Dang it. Uh, okay. Well, you said not quite, so I'm going to assume Texas Rangers. <laughs> no, 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 no Texas team here. Okay. Well, two strikes. Got one more guess. Uh, or one more strike, I should say. Let's see. Well, AL East, I, I, I want to say we'd be done there. NL East. I think we'd be done there. Central. If you go to the West, you're going to find three teams. Okay. Either the NL or the AL. Correct. Okay. I gotcha. You can go Uh, to the, the, yeah. San Diego Padres. Correct. 1969. Okay. Oakland Athletics. No, uh, I shouldn't have done that because they were, yeah, they've been around. I keep thinking, I, I try, I keep comparing them to the Rays because of they keep looking for a new stadium. So I just assume that they were an expansion <laughs> team too. Let me get one more shot at this. That, that was a okay. foul tip. Barely. Yeah. There you go. They had to go on replay and, and see that I, that I just got a <laughs> smidge of the bat on the ball there. West Los Angeles angels. Incorrect. Okay. I'm done. Incorrect. You got to give me the rest of them. I got Six? You got one, two, three, four, five, six. That's pretty good. That's more than half. Yeah. Okay. So in 1969, uh, yes, there was the Montreal Expos and the San Diego Padres, along with the Kansas City Royals uh, and the Seattle Pilots, who are now the Milwaukee Brewers. In 1977, it was the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. In 1993, the Colorado Rockies and the Florida Marlins, who are now the Miami Marlins. And in 1998, your own Tampa Bay Devil Rays, now Tampa Bay Rays, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm. Yeah, those National League teams, they'll they'll get you. And on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, man. I made a decent effort there. Could have done better, but... Six out of ten. I, I, I was off to a good start. I was naming them left and right. Yeah. Scooting back and forth, and then uh, then I then I went into a holding pattern there. But. Well, you know what? This is this is what it is. It, you know, it was a bulk start. It was three innings, four innings. You know, you didn't get the decision, whatever. Yeah. But you prov- you provided some some depth there. I got I got through the lineup once. Uh, by the way, <laughs> if you had to take a guess, which two cities will next be expansion teams? Go. I think you gotta you gotta think Vegas, right? There's uh-huh. a lot of money to be had in Vegas. And another one, uh, you need a you need a rivalry in the West Coast. The Mariners need some somebody. So you got to go Portland, go Vancouver. If you don't want to go to Portland, go Vancouver uh, to Canada. Get another Canadian team there. But yeah, you need something. Something has to happen for the West Coast there. An Idaho team, whatever. Uh, there for the Mariners and Vegas, a lot of money. Boom. Would Montreal count? Does that count as an expansion team? We'd have to find out. Yeah, I could see something. Vancouver, Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Nashville. Nashville, Las Vegas, you'd have an East Coast and a West Coast there. So there's still, I mean, those seem to be talked about quite a bit with that. Or you could see maybe Nashville, Vancouver, and then you get another Canadian team. But we could have three Canadian teams before it's all said and done. Okay, moving on from that. Name that war. Weekly Friday tradition here. 
the player I have was one of the youngest Rays or Devil Rays players to debut with that franchise. Uh, without giving too much away, I mean, he had some staying power in the big leagues, didn't quite live up to expectations, but he had quite a bit of money. Delman Young, what is his career award? Oh, man. Okay, so Delman Young, we're looking at 2007 being his rookie year, and then I think his last year with the in the MLB was like 2014, maybe 2015. So let's say eight seasons uh, in the bigs, which maybe three of them were really quite good. So let's say three war for three years so that's nine and then maybe a war for the next five uh it's 14 but ryan howard had 17 so maybe i'm giving dumbling too much credit here i'm gonna go with 10 war uh not a bad guess i'll give you another opportunity you were on the right track with the ryan howard thing um Looking up Delman Young's numbers, defense held him back quite a bit here. Quite a bit. Like, he just shouldn't have been on the field defensively, according to baseball references metrics. Well, then those th- that three war can probably be a two war. So then let's go two, ten, three, six. I'm going to go with six war. Okay, you're on the right path there. His career war. for a guy that for his career had 109 home runs, 283 career batting average, 473 runs, 566 RBIs, 98 OPS plus 737 OPS for his career. So, I mean, pretty good, solid numbers throughout his career, but definitely the defensive component helped him back and didn't do him any favors. I still find it so funny that like the Rays, after he was second in the rookie of the year voting, they shipped him off to the Minnesota (laughs) twins. And that turned out to be the right move there. Um, I know there had been questions about his, his makeup and maturity and things like that. And the fact that like this guy was, let's keep in mind with, with prospects, like this guy was the hot shot. He was the dude. 15 years ago oh yeah well, if he wasn't the number dude, one prospect yeah if you if he wasn't the dude he couldn't have been flipped for garza and bartlett you know right. i mean uh so he had some power and it's incredible that a guy with a not even four war career um is basically the the trade that began it all yeah absolutely and i think you know i did some reading up on him and i guess the the thing was like he really didn't continue to develop. He just kind of stayed the same player as he was when he was 20 years old. Right. And like he, he had the power, he always had the skill set. but it was like, once you get to the big leagues, I mean, guys can throw sliders away to you. They can, they can attack you up and in. Whereas, I mean, minor leagues, you, you can sort of get away with your uh, physical body and, and, the the natural skills you have. Whereas when you get to the raw talent, it it takes a little bit more than that too with that. So, um, just something to keep an eye on, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I wouldn't initially, like if you said Delman young, because he did, I mean, look, I, I don't, I wouldn't go as far to say that he was like a total, total bust. It was just, he underwhelmed compared to all the hype 
that was out there, but he had Correct. a career that I think pretty much 99%, 98% of big league guys that play in the big league, like Mike Brasso would love to have Delman Young's career, for example. He, he, I mean, he's still playing in, in, in Asia right now. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy, I mean, he loves the game. That's awesome. Uh, it's surprising with the war, but again, you know, when defensively you, you shouldn't be on the field, as you said, uh, you know, that, that'll hold you back, but Hey, that's a nice career. A guy that bats 280 in eight, in eight, in eight years in, in, in MLB, that's nothing to scoff at. That's, that's really, that's a, that's a good career, man. Uh, very good career. Not quite as good of a career as his brother, Dimitri Young, who I'll give a shout out as a uh, longtime member of the Cincinnati Reds. I watched him growing up. He had a more decorated career, I would say, although the numbers right. are pretty similar, but he actually came out with a, again, I probably won't ask you a name that war for Dimitri Young now, but he had a 12.2 career oh. war, 171 home runs, 292 career batting. So these guys could hit for sure. Yeah, absolutely with that so there we go uh yeah delman young made his debut august 29th 2006 20 years 349 days but i wonder how often that would happen anymore like could you imagine the race trading wander franco after him finishing second and rookie of the year voting it would just seemingly be (laughs) unheard of with that but again unheard of but you know what uh delman young has now become shane boss it's it, it's crazy how that all links together, right? Because yeah. Delman Young became Garza, Garza became Archer, Archer became all these three guys that we know. Trivia question: How many trades have the Rays made since the Delman Young Matt Garza trade? <laughs> at least hundreds, well, right? At least a hundred, you would think. I think I love, at least a hundred. Yeah, like even little 100. moves too. I think. Yeah, 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 those count. Those count. Intern McGee, get over here and do some work. <laughs> Figure out how many trades there have been by the Rays in the last 15 years. Maybe not as much as the Padres in AJ, but who knows? In 2020, yeah, no. There we go. Very good. All right, uh, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. I'll talk to you next week.